Hey, this is Hillary Crowley, and welcome to the Good Energy Healing Show. Just a couple of announcements before we get started. I have a newsletter. It's called Flow with the Crow, and if you go to hillarycrowley.com, it will be easy to sign up for it. Um, I'll have all sorts of sharings and caring and reminders um, of any events coming up. Speaking of, of events, I have space in my workshop at Kripalu uh, starting on March 17th. So go right to kripalu.org or, um, or go to my website and you can sign up. Um, it's going to be a wonderful class. It's called Your Inner Energy Healer. Um, and it's all about um, understanding the joyful language of energy. Uh, so many of us know that when you feel energy, that's how you feel intuition. Um, we know when we're feeling intuitive, we're in the flow of energy, uh, but rarely have we been able to really connect it. So I'm going to be teaching about that. It's going to be a lively workshop. I'm also going to do intuitive readings. So it should be a really, really fun weekend. If any of you were, have been on the fence about that, um, come on over and join me. It's in the beautiful Berkshires. It's right on the threshold of spring. Um, it's just a great way to kick off the next season of 2023. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, I promised that I was going to be uh, talking to you about a chapter in my book, which is a, a true life case study of a client I call Murphy. And um, I've decided after careful study that this is one of the most beautiful ways to describe how we can connect the uh, work of Joseph Campbell and how he described the hero's journey and to truly put a hear, healing journey into the word hero. Um, speaking of a play on words, um, it's fun that I do this all in audio. I don't do a video of my uh, podcast. I really love the intimacy of just speaking right directly to you and thinking about how words are shaped and how words are energy shaped into thoughts, ideas, and feelings. And there are two words that if you were to hear them for the first time, um, they will sound very, very similar. But if you know the English language, you would spell them differently and you would maybe never put them together. But the words are guard and garden. <laughs> if anyone's ever been a writer, we don't even understand until after it's long over how certain sounds and words and subconscious uh, roles into writing. So if you ever want to be a writer or you're doing anything else creative, just know that um, even people who create things consciously and edit, in my case, over the course of t 10 years with lots and lots of editors um, working with me, uh, I'm only discovering right now that I wrote a case study about a gentleman healing from cancer. And I wrote about how he came to find healing through the imagery of a garden, but he had to get through the guard to get to the garden. I mean, just take a minute. If, if, if you've never uh, put those words together, I am sure in the etymology of the garden is that it's a gated area. It's a guarded area, but it's spelled differently. Um, it's just very interesting for me. I hope that's a little teaser so you understand where we're about to go here. 
okay, let me just talk to you um, from my heart more as a practitioner. Um, this is a person I saw once a week for over a year. And he was definitely one of the inspirations to writing this book, The Power of Energy Medicine, that came out in 2021, um, two years ago, actually, pretty cool. And he, we were, we would have these amazing sessions. All of my sessions are amazing. Okay. It just needs to be said. Every client I ever see is near and dear to my heart. Every client who's ever seen me and is listening to this will know that I'm telling the truth. Um, it's, I, I'm very, very fortunate that I've gotten to find my life's work and my life's purpose kind of in disbelief about it. So when I say that this um, character um, in my book, who's also a real life true story client, is near and dear to my heart, um, I say that earnestly. We had formed a bond um, because of his earnestness matching my earnestness. And one day he said to me, you know, this, this story that's unfolding and this journey every single week could be a book, you know, he said, you should write a book about this. And I immediately, I remember where I was standing and thinking and looking. And I remember, um, just responding to him because this is all confidential information. I remember saying, no, 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 this is your book. This is your book to write. And he said, mm, I think it's yours, but we'll talk about it another time. It, the we probably bantered back about that for a long, long time. But let me go into the story of him, and, and then we and then we can see how this has all come full circle. So as we look at the hero's journey and the healing journey, we are often uh, we have to take a look at what I would call like the the steps of intuition. They kind of line up. You need to give yourself permission to go on the on the journey. And sometimes the permission is given to you and sometimes it's thrown at you. And in this case of Murphy, it was thrown at him because he was living a pretty good life. He had already um, had one go round with cancer and he was, um, the results were great. He, 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 um, he was fine uh, for quite a few years, but then it came back. And this time it came back. He wanted to do things differently. He wanted to be more integrative. He wanted to be more thoughtful about the process. And boy, was he. That's how he said yes to me um, because uh, I, I was recommended to him by his naturopathic doctor. What an honor that was. And I figured I would see him once. I would see him once and I would see if there's anything I could do to clear and help and so forth. So I did. I saw him once and that is an earlier chapter in my book called Murphy. And in that first session, uh, we were able to uh, identify some blocks in what I can only describe as his emotional body that was affecting his physical body and that he was enthusiastically ready to clear. I always said um, I, he does his homework. Now, I came up with an intuitive hit for him. It was a tough one. I write about it and it had to do with humiliation and abandonment. And the way that I got to it was a tough way to get to it. And the way I delivered it, he didn't feel like it was uh, uh, on, on point at all. And that was fine because my job is not to be right or wrong. My job is just to deliver. 
and uh, have a, a low level of confidence and curiosity. Um, pretty cool. If you want to just be happy in life, don't worry about being right or wrong, but have a, a sweet confidence in yourself to confide in yourself, to know that you're telling your truth. And also a curiosity to say, what am I getting? What am I getting here? What could this possibly mean? How could I deliver this message better? Uh, that would probably go for all walks of life, all relationships, your interpersonal uh, relationships with other people, your intrapersonal relationship with yourself. Confidence and curiosity are a really nice way to, or to get yourself your self-talk flowing. So welcome that into your life. And I welcome that, um, especially with this uh, meeting I had where he discovered that he had a tremendous amount of stored emotions in his body that he actively excavated and week by week unfolded. And as I said, unpacked, he unpacked these messages about, I would say childhood trauma and then early adulthood trauma. Um, but I feel like trauma, I've heard this many times and I'm not saying this as an expert. I'm just saying this as from a form of curiosity. Trauma is problematic when it's packed away, you know, like, um, things need to move and flow when they heal. Anything that's stagnant is a problem. Things can happen, but if they stay stagnant, then that's when, um, the apoptosis does not happen, right? The letting go, the being in the flow. Um, so he um, first denied uh, this essence of abandonment and uh, humiliation. He said, no, that's really not part of my life right now. And I said, cool, that's fine. I, in this case, it was such a, a yucky, tough emotion. Um, I was kind of happy for it not to be the thing. But a week later, he came back. He said, I remembered. Here's a very, very important moment in my childhood where I felt humiliation and abandonment. And then he was able to go on to stories with his parents, with his friends, and ultimately with the Korean War. Um, he had a lot of stuff to unpack, and he unpacked it beautifully. And I wrapped up the chapter feeling very satisfied. Um, as I wrote the book, I realized there was another very, very important session with him that I wanted to add. And this is the session that walks us through the uh, hero's journey. And here it is waiting for me on page 146. Um, I did not realize that I was, I was mapping the perfect story of the hero's journey that I would be talking about today um, into the story of Murphy. It's chapter 26. It's called The Cosmos. Now, the first time I met Murphy, he said he did not necessarily have a strong belief in a, in a traditional God, um, in a religiously oriented God, but he did have a strong belief in the cosmos, which um, when you read it on the page, um, it kind of lights up the page and says, well, that's certainly how anybody would want to be to receive the understanding of the omnipresent, all-loving source of everything. Um, he just didn't want to put the name to it. It was, a, it was a different language for him, right? And so his language for it was the cosmos. Very, very powerful. So I named this chapter the, the cosmos. And as usual, he walked in and he had already found a beautiful guide from the last time 
that we had worked together because I told him to read a book called The Biology of Belief by Bruce Lipton. Now, Bruce Lipton is a researcher. Um, you can look him up. He's very prophetic. He has really good social media uh, presence also. Um, he's really awesome. Finding his way, he's been around for 30 years at least. And what made him uh, noteworthy in the holistic community is that he decided to inter to take this integrative idea of placebo, which is a well-known language in all medical research. And he said, you know, what is placebo in the world of energy and healing? He's like, you know, you can't just say, oh, well, that's a placebo effect. That's 30% of all researched amounts have to do with the placebo effect, like how people heal if they take a powerful drug or if they take a a, a drug that's a placebo that has has no power to it and they can have the same results what is that effect and it has to do with thoughts and mind and intention and manifesting and all this beautiful information um that is in the book biology of belief so murphy walks into my office and he just casually drops it down he's like i read the book okay so that opens it up saying all right he'd already spent a great deal of time with with a wise guide. And he said, now I'm ready to go on an adventure with you. And it's going to be in today's session. And I said, okay, sounds good. And um, now you can see where we are in, if we want to be linear about it. And I know I talked about not wanting to be linear. So you, you make a choice as I tell you this story. Where are we? Where are we in the hero's journey? When um, we get on the table and he's on the table and I start working um, around, uh, his head, shoulders, feet. And, um, Murphy had explored, I've got the book in my hand in the spirit of the cosmos, Murphy explored the possibility of energy medicine and unfolding belief systems st to study how the body could not just slow disease, but heal it too. Every week during our quiet sessions, Murphy reported how he experienced a movie-like picture of his cancer cells dissolving. Consistently, he describes a sensation of powerful light shining into his body. And consistently, I just keep doing my energy work to support him. Murphy was emboldened, possibly by the biology of belief, but perhaps because of the results of his recent blood markers. He said, I want to, I want to see those markers go down. And uh, I, I knew, um, I write right here, I said, when I hear about blood markers, I'm relieved that I don't hold the responsibility of these medical advisors. Instead, I hold space for the healing energy around every choice. Whether Murphy chooses no treatment or chooses aggressive surgery, I hold a deep respect for his will and his commitment to his overall health. And just take a deep breath there. I had to catch my breath there. Uh, such a powerful memory. When it comes to his healthcare choices, I remain open for every possible outcome. As his energy healer, I hold a space for the possibility of healed and cured for Murphy. Cured from cancer, healed by cancer. So I guess in many ways, I'm holding space too as a guide. I gave him a book. He read the book. He loved the book. That gave him information. He's come into a session with me, healed and cured. What a beautiful way to face any um, adverse medical diagnosis. Ask that this 
that you get healed, which means it, from the roots of your soul, any discomfort, disease, anything that's happening to you, say, this is going to heal me too. And then cured, of course, is when the cells um, and the life force come together to say, we are going to live and thrive and, and, and restore our physical health. So there's the healed and the cured in that. So now I'm starting my process and I'm lost in the meditation of sincerely wanting to connect to Murphy and his cells so he can be healed and he can be cured. And more than any other session I'd had with him, I had dropped deep, deep, deep into the meditation. And similar to a chapter I had with Cake on Fire, where I was interrupted by a very, very powerful force um, that was not altogether friendly, um, but, but doesn't need to be friendly because friendly isn't necessarily uh, kind and honest. I want, I want my, I want my um, sources to always be kind and always be honest, How, however, however we, we decide that. As the energy healers out there, you know what I'm talking about. Like, it doesn't need to be like, oh, you're doing a great job, Hillary. Rah, rah, rah. I got a nice correction. And the correct, the correct, the firm corrected voice said, you are trying to get access the wrong way and in, 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 in the, the wrong part of a very, very sacred part of consciousness. Now that's pretty cool because now I'm in cell consciousness and I've gotten as close as I could to meet what seemed like a guard, I call a guard. It was like a, a, a very strict guard that said, you're too close, back away. Okay, how I was able to write this down and keep track of this session is a miracle in itself, but I took very, very careful notes. I journaled about this because it was so spellbinding for me. And I think Murphy and I had been talking about someday we might write a book about this. So, um, so here I was, I was like mind blown, blown away, spellbound in the best sort of way, like, wow, like in awe. Um, why, was that I, why was I in awe? Well, listen to the rest of the story. So as um, I was meeting up with him, as, as his, as his um, guide, as I was meeting up to um, further help him along, I let him know that I don't think we're going to get there. I keep trying to access the cell consciousness, just like you've literally hired me to do today. And I don't know if we're going to get there. So um, in doing so, we came to a place where we wrapped up the session. I want you all to understand this. The power of saying no and giving up is very, very powerful. Saying enough is enough for now. We did our best. That is absolutely acceptable and very powerful. Okay. So um, think about that whenever you're feeling stuck. Think about the power of just simply uh, letting go and saying, we'll, 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 we'll go for another time. You know, leave, reset, and come back. Well, in this case, that worked really well in ways we could not have predicted because I said, I did the best I could. I'm getting this amazing and very powerful message about a guard around your cellular consciousness that's saying, no more, no more. Where am I 
in the hero's journey right now. Oh, I think I'm probably in, I didn't realize it, but I'm in like the tunnel or the the dark night of the soul or whatever you want to say. Like we are stuck. We, we're not getting any further, but we know enough about the healing journey. Even, even Murphy and I knew at the time that that's okay, right? And as we let go, we let go of the, let go, suddenly Murphy was allowed into the gate, whatever the, whatever the, the gatekeeper, the guard, the guard was, right? He was led into the gate and he had a profound experience and shared it with me where suddenly he was inside the cell consciousness and the cell consciousness showed itself to him as a garden and specifically as a flower. Okay. So now he's, he's gathering up his gifts because one of the things he did in his life is he was a great gardener. See that word garden, gardener. He was a great garden, gardener, guard. It's a tongue twister if I let it be. The guard had led him into the garden so he could be the gardener or he could use his gifts as the gardener that he'd been gathering his whole life for this moment of healing. So he knew exactly how cell consciousness worked in light of healing cancer with the metaphor of the flower. Um, And I say metaphor very loosely because a flower, as Murphy described to me, which I didn't put in the book, a flower and the way nature works is also made of cells and cell consciousness. So it's actually just a teaching element of like focus on the cells as if they're a flower. Okay, so we got there and um, I want to um, I want to share this because it was so powerful. Um, he got, um, I said, I got, so we go back. I say, I got close, but not quite. You have a strong protector around these cells. I know his eyes remained closed. The cells are flowers. They're just like flowers. That was the only thing he did to get into the gate. I said, we're, we're, we're not there. Um, you've got a strong protection. And he said, I know the cells are flowers. So he had gotten there separately from me. And I closed my eyes again. And I focused on the cells as flowers, like daisies or sunflowers facing up to the light. Suddenly the meditative place was restored and Murphy was in a gated garden. I was in the garden too, a garden where seeds are simply planted and watered. Now this is holy, holy language that I did not realize I was writing at the time. This is language that roots, roots, no pun intended, back to ancient text. Simply planted and watered, the rest is already there with the sun and the soil. This was access, the garden. This was the opposite of intrusion. This is where the cells would communicate to us. We took an extra 20 minutes to stay in this place where healthy growth thrives and invasive weeds are erased. Invasive weeds were apparently showing themselves invasive um, as, as another metaphor for the cancer cells. We stayed only as observers without any sharp tools, just asking to understand the cells of all healthy growth. When it was time to complete the session, I felt a distinct presence of the guard again, always watchful, but this time benevolent. 
Slowly and carefully, I ended the session. And I want to let you know that what happens in the healer's journey and the hero's journey is a very important relationship with time. Now, if I had done the thing where I said we've run out of time, um, I put really big buffers in between my clients. Most of my clients know this. I could squeeze in a lot more sessions, but I would be miserable and I wouldn't be doing my work. It is sessions like this where even though I wanted to honor his time because he had a long commute and I wanted to honor his time, um, we both agreed that it's okay to go into that buffer. Think about this as a practitioner, all of you. Oftentimes, right at the goodbye moment, we call it sometimes the doorknob moment because it's a moment you put your hand on the doorknob and you start to say goodbye. That's when cell consciousness comes comes up. It's actually kind of a funny thing too. Um, my husband is a photographer and back when he was doing lots and lots of traditional photography where you're working with film and you know that film is precious and you can't see how you couldn't see in real time, you know, how the picture came out. For those of you who can't imagine this, we used to take photos and then you'd ship the film away or you'd bring the film to the lab or you'd bring it into the dark room and you would see a long time after you took the photo, whether the photo came out. So you had to be good at predicting what would be um, a great moment that you saw in your head so that you know which picture you want to go for and put the energy into developing. Okay. Same thing. It's usually one of the great tricks and do this. If you're ever taking a group photo or something, tell everybody that this is the last photo. And so you take the last photo. If it's like a group picture at a wedding or at a, uh, you know, a holiday event, or even it's just a bunch of friends you're out and you're just, you know, huddling around the booth, you know, getting a, you know, French fries together. Um, say this is, this is it, this is the picture and then be ready and take the picture right after that. So after you take the last picture, it's the picture right after that where the magic happens because everyone's relaxed, relieved, like, oh, now we can connect. That's exactly what happened with the cells. And that's exactly what happens with energy work a lot. Oftentimes I'll say, okay, I'm wrapping up right now. And that's when the cells just kind of pour in uh, information and flow. I'm calling it cells because I'm so deep into cell energy right now. I could also call it the intuition flows in, the messages flow in, however you want to think about it. But, and this is, I want to give credit to my protocol and my practice. If I had said enough is enough, we're wrapping it up for now, we might not have been able to get to that magical place. Do not, as a healer, have that much rigidity around time. Rigidity around time is a social construct. Um, Being on time, I know, is a big deal. it's, It's about character and so forth. So set your watch so that you're not running late. Don't be greedy with your time. Don't be overscheduled with your time. That's a fastest route to burnout, by the way especially when you're doing big, big work like this, leave time. It's in the hero's journey to leave time. Pauses, lots of pauses. So you can take one step back and take two steps forward. So what happened is that he returned with a beautiful, beautiful gift, which was the understanding that he had done his best and he had accessed his cells 
And he went on to describe to me how he could see the cells moving. This is not in the book. He could see the cells moving and it was like he was inside a great sunflower. And he could see the spirals of the cells moving. And it was, it was beyond description, ineffable, as I like to say. Um, but here's what is in the book. Uh, we went on to have similar sessions from inside the garden. And then uh, we were done with our sessions. He, was, he, had, he had moved on to new routines and time became more precious. And I took a lot of his time. And um, also, uh, you know, he moved on to uh, different priorities, rightfully so. And it was about a month later, um, after we hadn't seen each other for, you know, I think it was about a month, that I bumped to an, into him. It was right around uh, early spring. Um, and he told me that his doctors had said the cancer is gone. Um, and I credit that with amazing doctors in Boston, amazing naturopathic work. Um, he did some, he went above and beyond. He was totally committed. And, you know, I like to think that I was part of that journey. I like to think, but I will tell you one thing, whether or not I healed him at all, his process healed me. His process made me better at what I do um, and um, made me braver because he really was um, a hero. He activated the hero energy in me, his sincerity, and I learned so much from Murphy's, both his personality and his kindness in our connection, but also his intelligent healing body. This is, I learned so much from everybody. Um, so as the story ends, um, I stayed in touch with him and then about eight or nine years later, uh, this book was getting ready to be published and it was time for me to let him know that all that talk and chatter I'd had with him about writing a book, I'd put his, I put not one, but two chapters and it turns out three, cause he's in the epilogue as well, dedicated to my time spent with him. And in doing so, um, I wanted to reach out to him and just, you know, let him know what I was up to. And I let everybody know um, in the book um, if they were even referenced. A lot of my um, characters, um, all of my characters gave me permission one way or another, if unless they were composites and then they understood that they were sort of composited and their identity was protected, often protected by things, not just names, but gender and description, um, description of their cases to description of their medical cases. I'm just letting you know, like, even though I'm talking to you, um, what I'm about to tell you is that, um, I found out that Murphy had died. He had died. And so I couldn't tell him about what part of the stories that I had shared, um, in the book, you know, that had made it into the book that had made it, you know, through the edits. I, I wasn't able to tell him that final step. Um, he actually died. I, I didn't understand how I could have possibly missed that news. Um, but he actually died within weeks of my mother's death, which was a blur for me. And it wasn't a time where I was paying much attention. Um, I remember this is a little aside, but this is my, you know, this is my episode where I, I'm opening up and sharing with the process and the, I hope you're feeling how personal this process is, but it's just a, a, a silly aside, but 
um, at my mom's um, memorial service, a lot of people were wearing purple. And I didn't totally put it together. Why would you wear purple? Um, although my mom liked the color purple. That was kind of cool. But it turned out that in the blur of grieving my mom, um, the great musician Prince had died. And um, we are we love music in our family. And we actually really love Prince. I saw Prince in the Purple Rain tour. And it was just sort of a, a beautiful awakening to uh, lots of people are grieving and lots of loss happens. But we go into our little cone, our little bubble. Well, inside that bubble, when my mother died, and I guess Prince had died too, that was the same time that um, my dear uh, client uh, Murphy had died. And I'd missed it. So now it was years later that I was getting the news. And, um, and so there you have it. Um, that's, that's how it ended. And I'm, I think I'm getting through this part pretty well because I miss my clients. I love all of my clients. Um, I'm grateful for them and I've experienced, I've actually experienced with Murphy. I've experienced some, uh, pretty beautiful, evidence of spirit shining through and coming back and still teaching me and still informing me. So I want to end this episode with like an ode to, um, an ode to Murphy and to thank you. I guess it's my thank you note to him because, um, he gave me a beautiful story. He gave me a beautiful story and it's informed every session I've had ever since. Um, I loved that he was cancer free. I don't know um, how he eventually um, passed. I hope it was peaceful. I know that he, I don't remember people's actual exact diagnoses or their birthdays or how old they were. Um, I can calculate that, you know, if he was in the Korean War, you know, it was his time. When I first met him, he said, I'm not afraid to die. I don't want to live together. I don't want to live forever. I don't know why I just had, I don't know. I don't know, had that little Freudian slip there. I don't want to live forever, but it's not my time when I first met him. And when I read his obituary, I had a very strong sense, of course, that, you know, he had found his time. And it was uh, about a decade after we had begun working together. Oh, so um, thank you, Murphy. And thank you all for listening. Um, I've... Um, I feel like we might be done talking about the hero's journey because now the next step is for you to see your Murphys, your stories, your teachers, your role as a guide, as a, as a guide, as a, as a mentor. Um, look at the little things as they come along, as they come through. Look at all the little times you have adventures. Um, anytime there's a challenge, um, there's an opportunity for healing. Um, it just is. And we forget, you'll always forget inside the challenge that this is healing because it will be uncomfortable. It'll be something you'll want to walk away from. It'll be something you'll want to, want to, um, push away, numb out. Um, and part of that is part of the journey. You're, you're never off of the journey. As Joseph Campbell says, you're, it's impossible to leave the journey. It's just really cool. If you realize you're on the journey, um, you can do it without consciousness and that's not nearly as fun as and as productive as doing it with consciousness. And so I'm going to keep going with this um, beautiful podcast, The Good Energy Healing Show. 
And I'm going to leave the, um, I'm going to leave you to find your, to find the ultimate boon that, that you're looking for in every little journey and find your way back and share your gifts, share your gifts, share your gifts. It's, it's, it's one thing to be able to access your intuition, to access your healing abilities. I really think that it's about connection and everyone says connection, connection, connection. It's like, it's about sharing your gifts. Gifts are no good if you don't share them. Presence, another word for you. Presence are presence. Another word for gifts is present. Another another way to go through life and to be in the moment and to be happy and content is to be present. Okay? So you've got your guard and your gardens, your presence and your presence. And you've got your gifts that need to be shared. And I'm Hillary, and this is the Good Energy Healing Show. Go out and keep saying yes to your calls for adventure. I've loved this. Thank you, Murphy. Thank you, Joseph Campbell. I will catch you the next time. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Please share it with your friends. Um, and um, just enjoy. And uh, I will absolutely um, catch you the next time. I'm Hillary Crowley, and this is the Good Energy Healing Show.